everybody. Welcome to uh, Church in the Valley. My name is Alex Barrett and I'm the campus pastor here at Church in the Valley. We are really glad that you guys are here. And like Jeremy mentioned, we are launching a new series today called Box Office Wisdom. And uh, we do this usually each summer to look at the movies that are being released over the summer and kind of unpacking uh, the messages uh, found in them. And so it's an opportunity as a church for us to talk about media and the influence that it has on us personally and, and also ways to interpret, ways to evaluate and really kind of engage uh, the arts. And so uh, I'm going to jump into that specifically uh, in a moment. And this week we're going to focus on how do we filter uh, the art that we encounter uh, how do we approach it? How do we uh, look at it and kind of it impact us and the questions that, that we need to ask? But before we do that, I want to let you know of a couple new technology and media things, since that's what we're talking about, that we have as a church just as resources uh, for you. Um, how many of you are familiar with the Bible app, uh, U version on the, the iPhone? Anybody? Okay. Uh, it's also on uh, Android devices and on uh, the Bible app. You can read scriptures. You can discover Bible plans, really helpful things related to topics, related to studies, related to specific books in the Bible. Uh, we have also, through a member of our church, Larry Clement, we have established events that you can find on U version that is connected to what we do on a Sunday morning. And so, uh, if you search uh, the Bible app and you go to more right there on the bottom right corner uh, and you uh, search for events and you type in Church in the Valley Alhambra, uh, you'll find a live event each Sunday. And on that event, you'll see uh, the message that, that we're going to be talking through, the service times and locations. You can share this event. And if you go to the next uh, pick there, you can actually take notes electronically. What you notice is in your program, uh, we have paper notes and you may think I don't ever write on paper ever. And if you're one of those people, then you don't have to write on paper anymore. You can actually take your notes electronically through the version event, which can be found on the Bible app. And so we're down at the basement. If you don't have the Bible app, it will probably be hard for you to download right now. But when you leave here, you can download the app and you can uh, check it out for yourself, search all the different resources they have. But each week, I encourage you, if you're an electronic person, you'd like to kind of have your notes digitally, uh, you can find uh, these events and you can see the scriptures and then you can take notes on each specific point of the message. And so check that out. That's a resource for you guys. If that helps you kind of get this uh, information and content into your world, uh, please use this. The other thing, we are also uh, podcasting. Any podcasters out there? Are you a podcaster if you listen to them? I think that's the official word. It is now. But if, if you listen to podcasts, uh, each week here at Church in the Valley, our messages are uploaded to the web and they are now available uh, to be podcasted. And so if you uh, have an iPhone or a Droid uh, device, you can look those up in the App Store, the way that you get podcasts. Again, if you search for Church in the Valley Alhambra, uh, you can subscribe and each week that will be downloaded uh, to your mobile device. And so both of those are just ways that we want to allow you to have further access uh, to what we're trying to do here at Church in the Valley. And please feel free uh, to use that uh, in a way that that's helpful for you. So you version events, you can uh, find those each week and then podcast. Those can be um, uploaded to uh, your device. So a couple things just wanted to to let you, you know about. And like I mentioned, we're starting the series today called Box Office Wisdom. And this is an introduction. And I've called today Filter Needed because today I want to give you some tools on how to filter 
the messages from the media that, that we get every day. And as you know, just like me, we are inundated with media uh, more than ever. Um, I drive on the freeway and there are billboards that are like movies. Have you seen those digital billboards? And you have to remember, like I am driving in a high speed motor vehicle. I can't watch that advertisement. But even as we're driving, these digital billboards get our attention. Uh, we have our phones and there's access to information and information is great. We have access to more information than we've ever had access to. We also have access to movies access to TV shows, we can find them on our phone, we can stream, we can do all that, those types of things. But today we're going to talk about what do you do with the information that you get? And not just how do you access it, but once you've accessed it, how do you actually filter it so it's not impacting you in a negative way? Okay, so just to, so we're on the same page, so I know kind of where we're at, I want to do like a brief like media survey. This is informal. I'm not going to be counting hands, but I'd like you to show your hands. Okay, so if you go to the movies at least once a month, like a movie theater, at least once a month, raise your hand. Anybody go to a movie once a month? Okay. Well, they're snickering. What's the snickers for? Like, we're all jealous. That's why. Okay. Uh, If you watch a movie off of Netflix at least once a week, movie or TV show, raise your hand. Okay. Oh, now, now I found you. Okay. Uh, if you rent a red box at least twice a month, raise your hand. Anybody red box? Okay. How many of you hate movies? Okay. I just, you know, just wanted to see we're all good. Even if you raise your hand, you're still welcome here. Uh, for most of us, uh, including my, my own life, uh, each month I'm, I'm red boxing, I'm looking at Netflix, seeing the movies that are being streamed, Amazon, and movies are, are something that, that entertains. Movies are a big part of our culture. And so we're not going to be looking at movies each week, and you would have thought, man, this is going to be the best message series ever. We're just going to come to church and watch movies. We're not, but we will talk about movies. Uh, we're not going to endorse the movies, but we are going to be pulling uh, the messages out of them. The reason is, is, is movies are, are actually powerful. Have you ever watched a movie and from the movie, it just, it kind of got you fired up. How many guys, do you remember the first time you ever watched Rocky? How many of you just, you know, shadow boxed on the way to your car? You know, like anybody cried from watching a movie before? I I didn't do a survey on there, you know, but (laughs) most of us emotionally have been pulled by a movie. We've been fired up by movies. We've been disappointed by movies, angry at movies that they, they pull on us. Uh, emotionally, they're, they're very emotional. Uh, you get to experience a story. You get to be a part of these characters' lives, and, and it can feel uh, very, very real. But with movies, there's also things that we wish we didn't see. Have you ever seen a movie and a scene came on and you, you, you thought to yourself, I wish I could unsee that? That happens all the time. Or have you loved a character in a movie? And maybe it's the hero. And they seem like they have it all together and they make a choice and you're disappointed in them or TV show. And you thought, why did they do that? And they're flawed. They're like a mixed bag. Like they're noble and they go do like good things. And then they just make some choice along the way. And, and you just kind of wrestle with like this character. And you find like, you have to tell yourself, Oh, like this isn't real. This is an actor that's paid to do this. And, but you, you can be totally pulled in. And that's, that's by intent. Movies are supposed to, impact us emotionally. And so we're going to be talking about 
not just the emotions of movies, but what are the messages that the directors and the producers and the, the networks and the actors, what are the message that, messages that they are conveying uh, through the summer movies? And in turn, what we hope to do of the series is to give you a sense of how do you now, in the different media that you engage, how do you evaluate it? Because evaluating it is even more important than experiencing it. Because experience doesn't actually make us grow. It's evaluated experience that makes us grow. So we're going to kind of show you how to do that. But here, here's some disclaimers. Uh, we're not going to give any key plots away to the movies. So if you're thinking like Wonder Woman, I've been waiting my whole life to watch it, which is one of the movies we're going to be talking about. You don't feel like you can't come to church that Sunday because that's what we're going to talk about. That'd be a really, really bad idea for a church. Let's make everyone stay home so they can go to the movies and not come to the church. Okay, so not a good strategy. We're not going to give away key plots. Uh, We're not going to no spoilers and we're not endorsing it by us talking about the movie. I don't want you to think like, wow, my pastor talked about this movie. So I'm going to buy tickets for my whole family. Don't do that. It's not an endorsement. In fact, there might be some movies that we talk about that you shouldn't see. And if you're not sure about that, you could talk to me after each message. But there's just some movies you shouldn't see. These aren't endorsements, but the message in them is something that we want to talk about. And so we picked movies that we thought have themes that are good to talk about that show up in a variety of movies. And we picked movies based on uh, their release date and all kind of factors, not just like what are the most popular, but what are the different array of movies that present the messages that, that we experience uh, in in culture? So uh, the, the premise of the series is how do we prepare ourselves to engage media and how do we prepare ourselves to actually think? So if you're like me, when you think of entertainment, going to the movies, coming home after work, watching a TV show, what is usually on your mind? Are you, when you turn on a show thinking, I can't wait to ask a bunch of questions and engage this show. Any of you think that? Now, what what are you usually thinking? I can't wait to get home, eat a little snack and do nothing. We call that veg. You guys know what a veg like a vegetable? Carrots like don't engage. They just they just are there. And that's what we're like. We come home and we want to just watch a show. We want to watch a movie. We want to go to the movie. We want to be entertained. But in our entertainment, the last thing we want to do is to think. And that's actually become something that that's true for most of us. Entertainment most of the time involves turning off our brain. We don't want to think. We just want to experience. We just want to be entertained. But what you find is if you want to follow Christ, there's never a point in which you can shut off the brain that God's given you. We always have to engage. Because we have to think. We have to be people that think. And so I want to encourage you over the course of the next few weeks to think about movies in a different way. And we're going to give you some some tools uh, to do that. Uh, all artists are presenting art with a, with a message behind it. Andy Warhol, he was the kind of the originator of pop art. And uh, he, he said something um, about pop art that I wanted to, to show you. If you could put that up there on the screen. And this is he's talking to artists specifically. He says, don't think about making art. Just get it done. Let everyone else decide if it's good or bad, whether they love it or hate it. While they are deciding, make even more art. So what he's saying to the artist is, 
you, you just have to produce what you feel. You have to produce what you want to. And you just got to get it, whether it's an art, artistic painting, a drawing, a movie, a script. You just have to get it out there. And then you allow the people who are consuming it to decide whether it's good or not. But you just perform the art. So what Andy Warhol is saying is you don't have to think too critically as an artist. Just produce it and then see what happens. But what that means for us as the consumers, if they're not thinking about it on the front end, we have to think about it on the back end. It's actually our role to evaluate art. It's our role to think, is this done well? And art can be evaluated in a number of ways. You look at the technique, you look at the style, you look at does it fit the genre in which it's supposed to? Is it pleasing? Does it send me? Do, do I have like kind of a good experience as I'm engaging in it? But for the Christ follower, you're not looking just at technique. You're not looking just at style. There's another question you have to look at. Is the art true? Does it reflect what is true and right according to what God has shown in the Bible? Now, that takes a little bit more work. But this is important because there's so much more than style and technique. There's messages that are going on in most art. It's taking us in a direction. So if you follow Christ, the direction you always want to go is the direction that God is leading you. But if we engage in something that's leading us in the wrong direction, we have to stop. We have to think. We need to ask, is this taking me to where God wants me to go? And Andy Warhol also said this. Art is what you can get away with. That's a very powerful statement. And this is, this is an anthem. You just do it. Why? Because we can. And sometimes this can be a beautiful thing, but sometimes this can actually be destructive. So it's our job as the consumers, especially for those who follow Christ, to decide, oh, it, it, is that right? And specifically in movies, they take us in directions all the time. Sometimes they're, they're so clear this is what they want us to think. Sometimes they're subtle. And you actually have to kind of chew on it for a while. But for us, it's not just what you can get away with. Is it true and is it right? Does it have the right style? Is the technique good? But all these kind of combine together to how you evaluate. And so, so that's, what we're going to be, that's what we're going to be doing. Because art and the messages in the movies are trying to get our attention. And what you find in life is actually these things are trying to get our attention all of the time. And, and that's what I want to talk and kind of shift directions. There are two things that are trying to get our attention all the time. And in the scriptures, these are personified as women who are sending messages out to see if we pay attention. And these messages that they're sending are, are approaches to life. If you follow me, this is what you're going to do. And if you follow me, this is what you're going to do. And these are two extremes of each other. And I want to talk about these because as we evaluate art, these things are underlying the ways that messages get a hold of us. Okay, so as we go to the movies, there are always two things trying to get our attention. The first is folly. Okay. Folly in the scriptures is the really the, the way of life that flows against God's way and his standards. Folly is the epitome of independence from God, going your own way, doing what feels right, doing what's right according to you and your own standards. I want to read a passage of this folly as she's talking and she's letting you know what she's about. So as I say that, think in your head or you could even jot down. 
what, what are some descriptions about herself? And this is what she says in, in Proverbs 9. The woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the highest places of the town, calling to those who pass by who are going straight on their way. Verse 16 says, whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. So the, the, the folly description here is specific to the Hebrew word, the sackle fool. In the English language, we have the word fool, but in the Hebrew, there's there's like five to seven descriptions of the foolish person, and each of them have their own characteristics. Well, the fool here is the sackle fool, which is the fun, silly way fool. The idea is you just go with whatever you feel, you pursue whatever you want, and you just feel good about it. And notice the descriptions. The sackle fool, she's calling out, she's loud, and she is seductive. It seems fun. But as the passage ends, it leads to trouble. So the message is come here and get what you want. Come here and pursue anything that your heart desires. And so I like the description of the loudness and the seductiveness. Because there's times where it's going to be so clear. Come here, do this, feel this, do that, do whatever you want. But then not only is it loud, but seductive. So there's going to be things that maybe are a little bit more subtle. But it's folly Nonetheless, now notice who is she trying to appeal to? Who is she calling out to? Folly is calling to a specific person. And the person is called the simple. In the Hebrew language in which this was written, the word simple there, the verb talking about a person that like has an open, spacious and wide mind. It's completely open. And it just absorbs whatever it is given. Now, we talk so much in our culture about being open minded. And usually that's in the sense of just. Do whatever you want to do. And that sounds like that, that could be loving. But in the scriptures, the simple is somebody who who doesn't think critically. They don't have discernment. They don't have categories for how life works. It's like you tip your head back and you just take any idea that you're given and then you tip your head back from somebody else and you take any idea that you're given. And then you tip your head back and all the different people and all the different media and all the different messages we get. And you just pour it in your head. And what do you do? You just mix it all together. And then you come up with something. And the simple is somebody who has a lot of ideas, but they can't put it together. Why? Because all those ideas you can't blend. They don't mix well because they're different. But she's calling to these people and notice the things that she offers. Folly offers two things. Twisted truths that are tempting and deceitful desires that are deadly. So let, let me kind of unpack that a little bit. The first thing is the twisted truths that are, that are tempting. She says a statement to the simple, to the open-minded person that, has, that doesn't think, that has no discernment. This is what she says. Stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. The idea of stolen water is taking privileges and taking something that's not your own and enjoying it for yourself as if it was. 
Now, in my own understanding of life, I feel like anything stolen is never sweet because it's stolen. And anything that you steal from somebody, whether it's emotionally or whether it's a physical thing that you actually take from them, anything that you steal, it's not yours to take. And you're tied to that offense that you've, you've made against somebody. But Folly, she's not saying that. In her loudness and her seductiveness, it's, but it's sweet. So why not do it? It's sweet. And then the idea of bread eaten in secret is appealing. The idea is doing whatever you want to do as long as nobody knows. Another thing I've learned about life is the things that you do in darkness that you don't want anybody to know, aren't those usually the very things that somebody needs to know in your life? When we try to hide from our spouses, our friends, the people that we serve with, our parents, our kids, whenever we try to hide from somebody, we don't usually hide that which is good. We're usually hiding things that we don't want anybody to know. But folly is, is going against kind of reason, is going against God's way, and it will, it will please you. Just let no one know. And then the summary of this, this event with folly is, is, is destruction, and that is the deceitful desires that, that are deadly. Note the description there. But he, now the he here, refers to the simple person. But he, in accepting the cry of folly and going off the path that he's on by accepting the invitation and being lured by the seductiveness of deceit. The dead are there. It's, it's just this picture of the dead are there. Sheol is the depths of darkness. There's no life there. There's no help there. It's destruction. This is trying to get our attention. This tries to appeal to our emotions. Folly tries to appeal. And the reason it is seductive and it calls out loud is because it's not as foreign as you may think. There's parts in us which are prone to folly. Have you ever wanted to do something fun that was pretty reckless and you knew you shouldn't have done it, but you did it anyways? That, like, that describes my teenage years. The reason I did that is because... There's silliness in me. There's things that I want. I want to feel good. And we, we do that all the time. We make decisions and we make choices that, that could lead to a lot of pain. But in movies, folly calls out as well. Now, this, this, is, this is like the part where I, I talk specifically and you may be frustrated at me. Okay, I'm not going to name specific movies. I'm talking genres. But see if you can identify this. And if you disagree with me, you could talk with me after the service. Okay. Is that good? Now everyone's like, what's he going to say? This is going to be crazy. We're not podcasting this part. No, just kidding. Um, romantic comedies. You guys like romantic comedies? How many? Now you guys are all like afraid to even raise your hand. I'm not going to call you up, okay? There's no shaming here. Romantic comedies. One, one of the, the reoccurring themes in romantic comedies. So I need to change the mic or keep it? Okay. One of the themes in romantic comedies is... The, the, the feeling and power of love. The feeling and power of love. And the feeling and power of love trumps everything. And so one of the things that you see in romantic comedies again and again is as long as you feel love for somebody, you, you need to pursue that love. Because you wouldn't feel that love if it wasn't supposed to be. 
And so what happens in romantic comedies a lot is that there's a commitment that somebody has made. And over the course of the movie, they kind of break down why that commitment shouldn't have to exist anymore. And specific, like in marriage, like this couple is out of love and there's some problems. And very few times do they talk about the process of trying to heal the commitment that they've made to each other. Many times in movies is bail out on what you have committed to here and discover true love with this person. We're going to switch. feel in love, then, then you need to pursue that. And again and again, uh, it works out in the end. They kind of get away from this, this bad situation or bad relationship, and they discover the, the, the true love that they've longed for. But what they don't talk about in the, these romantic comedies or even dramas, these romantic dramas, is that the cost of bailing out on your commitment frays families. It destroys them. In real life, we know this. Broken families, divorce, all these types of things, they're kind of glossed over in movies, but those are real. And there's generational pain that exists because of choices that people make based on feelings that they have. But you've never seen a romantic movie that's like titled, Don't Trust Your Feelings. Like, why go? That doesn't even fit the genre, but feeling is everything. But there's actually times you shouldn't trust your feelings just because you feel it. Doesn't mean it's right. That's very different. Okay? Action. How many action adventure people like you? You love, like, taken. Liam Neeson, anyone? Like, I have a certain set of skittles. I will find you. That was like Indian and Irish. That was, that was scary. Uh, but, but usually in, in action films, there's a hero. And the hero has everything he needs to solve any problem on the face of the earth. He's equipped, and he's just ready to be unleashed. And there's this, this strain of independence, and what, what tends to happen is most of the heroes in these movies, they go about it alone. It's noble. I'm rogue. I'm going about it alone. I'm independent, and I'm going to solve the problems. What you find in life, though, is if you go about it alone, and you don't have men and women around your life, you're actually really lonely and you can't solve problems by yourself. But could you imagine that in an action movie? Where the guy's like, wait a second, I can't solve this problem. I need my friend. And actually, I need to think about this plan. This may actually destroy a lot more than it's going to help. But, now, you know, action movies just like destroy every freeway you've ever driven on. Do you ever think, could you imagine what L.A. traffic would be like if all those things happened? Now, I'm being a little facetious, but you can get the sense, like, in a movie, it wraps up, it's neat, and it's tidy. But these messages, there's a seductiveness to it. And it, and it draws us. It, it taps on our, our desires. And so we have to learn to discern. That's what the Bible calls discernment. Taking a piece of information and knowing, is it right? Is it wrong? Is it pleasing to God? If I do what this movie's telling me, what, what will be the outcome? 
Now, again, that means you have to engage your mind, which means you have to kind of approach the media and movies differently. But if you do that, it can actually be a real help. And this is why we need the second thing that also vies for attention at the same time that folly does. And it's the opposite. In the scriptures, the opposite of folly is wisdom. And wisdom, she's calling out to us as well, trying to get our attention. Listen to this description, Proverbs 9, 3 through 6, and then just kind of compare the description I just said about folly. Whoever is simple, same person, let him turn in here to come off your path of simpleness and come on my path. To him who lacks sense, she says, come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Folly calls aloud. And she appeals to the pleasure that you're going to experience. Come here, and you're going to feel better. It's going to be sweet. But wisdom calls aloud and says, come here, and you will gain insight. You'll have clarity. You'll know how to move forward. It's not about gratification. It's about how to navigate. Very different. It's about how to move forward in life. So wisdom offers two things among many. The first is an accurate perspective. Wisdom allows us to see things clearly. What's what? We need that. This is that that we walk in the way of insight. As we walk in the way of insight, we can see things for how they really are. And we all need help in processing and filtering our experiences. And wisdom, wisdom does that. Ultimately, to gain this wisdom, which helps in our perspective... It comes to the person who imparts wisdom, the fullness of wisdom, and that's Jesus Christ. So we continually, as Christians, have to point back that the way you get wisdom is not through reading a lot of books, and it's not even through analyzing. It's actually through, first and foremost, you have to engage with the Lord Jesus. You have to enter in a relationship with him. As you enter in a relationship now, the path of wisdom and the resources of God himself, they pour into your life. And you see clearly because of the relationship that you have with Jesus Christ. So that's where wisdom comes from. In him, we can experience this type of wisdom. In fact, that's what Jesus promised to us. Like he's the way. Walk in the way of insight. That comes from following Jesus. He's the way. And he's the truth. We want to know right from wrong, truth from lies. That comes through following Jesus. And he also leads to life. He's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. And that's the second thing that wisdom promises, a fuller life that comes through Jesus. Uh, Proverbs 9, 10 through 11. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me your days, it's talking about wisdom now, will be multiplied, and years will be added to your life. So the picture of folly is you will get what you want, and you can experience a lot of pleasure. But if you get what you want, and it involves stolen water and hiding in secret and eating the bread, then the quality of your life is diminished, one. And two, your life is actually shortened. If you live your life for pleasure, you will not have a long life because it leads to a lot of pain. I've experienced that in my own life, and I'm sure you've seen it or experienced it yourself. When everyone just does whatever they feel, even if those feelings are destructive, it does not add to the quality of life, at least the disillusionment 
It leads to pain. It leads to frayed relationships. You can see this again and again. So that's why Jesus promised, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. It counters that. And wisdom is, is calling us uh, forward. Okay, so I want to walk through. If, if both of these are trying to get our attention, then we have a responsibility. And that is, we have to take wisdom to the movies with us. And if we take wisdom to the movies, we can filter accurately. Okay, here's a couple more scriptures in the Proverbs. Proverbs 4, 5 through 6. Get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The picture is a, is a relationship. And the personification of fallen wisdom is so we can have this, this picture, a poetic picture of the type of thing that we're supposed to pursue. The idea is if you're pursuing something that you love, like if you're pursuing a woman and you love her, then you're going to court her. You're going to give the attention to her. It's going to be time in your calendar to make sure this relationship is growing. What the Bible is saying here is you need to approach wisdom like that. You're not just seeing her once a week. There's a relationship that you're pursuing. And these are commands like you get insight. And it's like do, do your work so you can see clearly. And then Proverbs 2 kind of explains this even more, where it comes from. And I've already stated this, but for the Lord gives wisdom. You can be street smart, but if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, it's actually not true wisdom. Because true wisdom comes from the Lord. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. Guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. So again, you have to kind of take the, the opposite of, of the, the foolishness in the way of folly. The way of folly is you can feel good right now, but you have no protection. But notice this, this scripture right here. How many words are speaking to the idea of protection that you get from a relationship with the Lord Jesus? It's a shield. It's knowledge and understanding. It's in integrity and this guarding. There's a sense that as you're walking with God in your life, you're not doing that as somebody who can be taken out at any moment. You're walking with God in your life, and he's walking with you. And there's protection from doing life his way. And so we have a choice. These two things are trying to get our attention, but the messages are very different. So as we're encountering media and movies and songs and Twitter, and Facebook, and all the different ways that we get messages, who's calling aloud? Is it folly? Is it wisdom? And the only way to know this is, is the Lord gives you, you help. And so the picture here is, is a filter. And so the way that you really grow in wisdom, it begins, like I said, with a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If, if you've never decided to follow Christ as the boss of your life, meaning he's the one that's leading you, in every aspect of your life. He's leading you in how you relate to people. He's leading you in your finances. He's leading you in your decision making. The question you're always asking is, what does God want me to do? That's what it means. You follow Jesus. He is the boss. If you've never done that, I encourage you to make that decision. And you can let us know on your connection card that you'd like information about beginning a relationship with Jesus. We'd like to help walk you through that because the path of wisdom 
And the protection that you get comes after you commit to follow Jesus and decide he'll lead me forward. Once you do that, then you can walk on this path of wisdom. So if you've never made that decision, I I encourage you to get your questions answered. Talk to some people that invited you here that know you at Church in the Valley, and we'd love to help you make that decision. If you are a follower of Christ, the way that you continue to walk in wisdom is you have to spend time with the Lord Jesus regularly. The idea is the filter in each day of our life from within us and without us, from the things that are in our hearts, our own desires that we want, and then all the messages that we get, we're like sponges, and we just fill up on these things, and they stick to us. Things about how we should feel, things about what we should do, things about our attitudes, things about what we should say. Following Christ means you go into his word, and you read what he says about what we should do. And you read what he says about our attitude. And you read what he says about our decision-making. You read his ways about what is right. And what you begin to do is you read the Bible. It's like you're squeezing out your heart and you're squeezing out your mind. And you allow the truth to now be soaked in. That's what it means. The reason you spend time with God is not out of this obligation. It's this idea of what are the insights and what's the way that God wants to communicate to me the way I need to live my life so I can experience the protection and the direction that comes from following him. So it's the greatest experience to be able to hear from God directly. And he speaks through the scriptures, but we can't hear it if we don't read it. So I want to encourage you, read the Bible. Approach the scriptures like God has something to say to you, because he does. And from there, you can begin to wring out the sponge and filter and continue to filter and continue to filter. I want to end with this idea. Uh, Wisdom does not take joy out of movies, but it can guard against messages that can take the joy out of life. If you're like me, there is a part of this where you're like, really? I have to think. I know. I know. We just want to just go and veg and feel and just experience like, wow, that was awesome surround sound. Wow, this, this popcorn. I wish I had a little more butter. Do you ever sit, sit there? I'm like, I always think I could have just used a little bit more butter. This is always going on. If I'm thinking, it's usually that. Okay? But if you think and you're filtering, you can actually still enjoy a movie. But it doesn't have to take you in a direction that you, you shouldn't go. And so I want to just end with two primary ways that, that you can filter, okay? Uh, the first is there's a website. You may want to write this uh, down if it's not on your handout, and it's uh, pluggedin.com. It's through a ministry called Focus on the Family, and they have people who are very experienced in art, evaluating art, but they also walk with God. They're Christians, and they know what the Bible says. And so if you're interested in knowing kind of the message of a movie, they review movies. They post articles about movies and culture, and it's a really helpful resource. And so um, if you're a parent, this is a good resource to go to. If, if you're just trying to find, should I see this movie or not, uh, you can check out this. And then there should be an extra handout in your program as well that has an acrostic movie on it. Do you guys see that? Uh, the title of it is Apply Filter for Best Results. Okay, Uh, this acrostic is just a way to help you ask questions. If you want to know if it's folly or wisdom calling out, 
uh, these questions can help. Here's the thing. You may want to kind of start Redbox, Netflix at home. Because in a movie theater, if you turn on your cell phone light to read this paper, everyone will hate you. Okay? So do this at home. If you have kids, begin to do this with them. Begin to ask questions so they're encountering what they're watching and learning to evaluate. It's very powerful. So you you ask questions about the main character. You ask questions about the message. You ask questions about the direction that it's taking you. You ask questions about how did it end. And all these things allow you to engage in the media in a way where you can decipher the path that it's taking you on. And so get, get familiar with that. Just look at the questions. Maybe start with just one letter and watch something and just, just ask that. And as you do, you'll start to remember these questions, and these can be really helpful. If you live with roommates or a spouse, like, you know, just decide, hey, guys, let's filter today. Just ask these questions after the movie, like, not just, did you like it? Because everyone's like, yeah or no, but what did you like about it? And begin to ask questions. It's really, it's really helpful to do that, okay? So those are for you just to help. I encourage you to do that. Um, there's some next steps that you can take. I'm going to walk through them, and then what I'm going to do, I'm going to end. I'm going to walk off. I'm going to show you the trailer uh, for the different movies that we're going to be talking about, okay? So next steps, filter a show or a movie this week. Take that next step. Just try it and, and see what happens, okay? And if you want, let me know how it goes. Alex at churchinthevalley.com. Email me. Uh, second, read one proverb a day for the next 31 days. Uh, again, getting into the word of God, that's what helps us know what's wise. The great thing about the book of Proverbs, it's full of wise sayings. So if you just want to have like kind of a, a brief overview of things that are right and things that are wrong, Proverbs can really help with that. And so just decide to read a proverb a day. And then the next is come back next week and invite a friend. We do this series not just for us so we can be like, yeah, it's movies. It's great. Church in the Valley. But we do this so you'll have like a, a way to invite people. People care about the movies. And they like to be a part of something that's relevant to them right now. And so I encourage you just think through who's one coworker you could invite, one neighbor you could invite, a friend that you could invite, a family member that you could invite. Right there, those could be five possibilities. And you have to ask usually at least ten people for one person to come. So just think through who's somebody that you can invite and invite them back next week. We're going to have kettle corn, and we're going to just hang out after uh, we do the first movie. Okay? So those are the next steps. Put them on your connection card. We're going to receive our offering. Uh, before we do that, we're going to show this trailer. And so we're going to put the lights down. It's going to give you a little movie-going experience. Thank you, guys. So you're just starting your day, or did you just get off? They call it go, you know. So what is it you do? Find him. I just feel like I could be doing more. I'm going, Mother. If you choose to leave, you may never return. Who will I be if I stay? You're no longer a myth. Be careful of mankind, Diana.
They do not deserve you. One more job and I'm done. One more job and we're straight. I want every agent on the scene immediately. <laughs> What are you hiding, Peter? Can't you just be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man? 